0: Talk Radio. Welcome to Awakenings with Michelle Mache, the weekly dose of spiritual and metaphysical insights and information for navigating the soul path. Listeners are invited to call into the show for a reading or with questions and comments. Call 347-539-5122 and press 1 on the keypad. Also, join the Sacred Space of Empowerment live chat. To create a username, register with Blog Talk Radio. It's great to connect with all of you here.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the program. It's me. Oh, my gosh. Those of you new, it's Michelle Mache, pilot, guide. Hello, everyone, in the Sacred Space of Empowerment room, also known as the chat room, um, Hi, everyone listening in the archives later on as well. And welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, okay, why am I late? Because I was getting lots of things done in the morning, right on a nice little schedule. Went to Whole Foods really quickly. And as I'm getting out, a woman rears into me, backs into me, doing some kind of illegal maneuver in the parking lot. So um I'm okay <laughs> but um and I'm like they're like call the cops call I had so many people helping me some amazing um Alex, Vicky and your friend and sister all of you out there such guardian angels they waited um for me and they're like take a picture you know I was so stunned cuz I was like channel already ready for the show <laughs> and so they're like Take the lady's picture, get her license. Then this other lady drives by and says, Take a bigger picture so the bigger view so that they see how she backed it. She backed it in the wrong way. And um, best not to do those shortcuts. So I have some aspects to my third house, which is cars, local, community transportation. So anyway, but people are wonderful. This is by Alex, this is gentleman. On his way to pick up somebody at the airport, said I saw everything. You're in the right. Give me your, I'll give you my number. And these two wonderful ladies. Then the security guard, and I'm like, then the woman, she didn't have her license, or no, she had her license, she didn't have her insurance. And I'm like, you're supposed, to, we have to exchange this. So I got anyway some of her information. So I said, like, I won't screw you. I won't. And I said, well, if you do, Inshallah, it's up to God. Um, so anyway, so that's why I am late getting here, and I didn't want to wait around um longer. I waited as much as I could. Can you believe it? Oh, can you can you believe it? So anyway, these things happen, but it's so great to be here with all of you and um, so if you hear my voice a little frazzily. Um, that is why I'm like, you know, and then all the cops would do is take information. I mean, it's just a little scratch, nothing big, but my car doesn't have anything on it and it's a black mini sport convertible. So, you know, I like to keep it kind of, I like to keep it shiny and nice, right? All right, everyone. What's everybody saying in the chat? Were you guys wondering, where's Michelle? What's going on? Um, I'm glad no one was hurt. Yeah. My, yes, Crystal Bowles Gretna, my nice little car. Thank you, Tamara. Yeah, I'm okay. I just hate dealing with stuff like that. Uh, hey, everyone listening by phone. Um, if you did have a question or a comment or you want to say hi, that number is 347 539 5, 2, 2, and press 1 on the keypad. And, uh, okay, second half of the program we're going to have Before Orion, Finding the Face of the Hero with author Bernie Taylor. So looking forward to that. So you want to wait around with that. Of course, I'm going to be doing readings as well. And I'm like, I've got to get to Awakenings. I have a show. I'm not waiting around. Um, and believe me, not not such a big um, deal anyway, these things. Uh, a little Uranus energy, a little uh, – little little new new moon, new beginnings, right? You've got the full moon. By the way, everyone, I've been having so much fun, and these cards are <laughs> camera, thank you. <laughs> yes, camera. She said, yes, you are unflappable. Yes, thank you, love. You know, I always feel like these are preparing me for bigger things because when I did regular um, radio and regular TV, Um, even though it was it wasn't live television but still there were certain things that you just couldn't always redo and I did do some live television and it's like you just have to go and also sometimes when I would be shooting my um, show fashion and beauty especially when we were traveling we went to the Bahamas to because it was fashion beauty and health and so we would Go to different spas and stuff, and sometimes I would see things. I go, "Oh, why did you do that angle of me, or look how I look?" And it's like, there's no redos. It is what it is. So here I am. Anyway, I have been doing on my YouTube channel, which is light being twenty-one, or you can just go to Michelle Mache, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, N-E-I-C-H-E. Uh, and I have been doing these pick-a-card readings, and they are so accurate. And I did one that I'm going to uh, post next week that I, I tuned in on the full moon energy, the full moon in Sag, and the tarot card, um, and various cards. And, of course, my psychic channeling comes in through it. To use the energy, and it was I did it at a friend's house, and she, it was so accurate. And I've, anyway, I've been getting a lot of great response on it. Also, I am doing my intuition um, development, reinforcement, psychic development. We have one next week coming up, Uh, understanding and listening to the messages of your soul. That's what the intuition is all about. People have been emailing me or Facebooking um, in the comments and saying, well, what what is this, you know, why is it so important about the intuition or, you know, how do we, you know, connect more to our intuition through the heart. It's through resonance. But I've really been doing it, and yet, boy, heart really speaks to you. So if you're uh, interested in this, um, next Saturday, that's the 26th, it's understand the role of your higher self in the soul. So we need to understand what's the role of the higher self, and you can go to that. That's on Eventbrite, or you can go to my uh, website, soulplayground.life, and upcoming events happenings, workshops, um, it's there, understand the role of your higher self, and um, I think it's high, also, you can go to eventbrite.com forward slash higher self connect, so we're going to be diving into that, because there are different aspects of your being, it's all one, but more and more, we're going to be living by the higher self, and having that guidance from the higher self, which is coming through our, right, our, into, our intuition, and I'm going to be talking about the, the three main channels of communication, which is the, the gut, the solar plexus, right, the tummy, the stomach, you know, the heart and the brain. And we're, you know, in this next level of awareness and be, in consciousness, it's blending those and connecting more through the heart. So that's coming up, the intuition development, the modern mysticism is coming up um, as well. That's the next chapter. Oh. Thank you, thank you, Tamara, for putting the link in the chat. And then um, Crystal Bowles, Gretna saying through the heart and definitely more than four hours of sleep at night. <laughs> there you go. Okay, callers, three four seven five three nine five one two two is the number. Now, this morning up, I was up early doing some, um, obviously, my meditation and my routine that I do, my yoga. But I also happen to take a little peeky-poo at Facebook, at my post of Uranus and Taurus, what's happening. You guys, it's a very in-depth, it's advanced metaphysics, and it's esoteric, but I do blend in the exoteric, which is the, what's happening in mainstream consciousness, what's happening in the world. We do have a lot of changes um, that are coming up. And I got to share a little story with you. And I'm going to get to callers. I'm going to try to keep this kind of brief. Um, Got great input from James. James, you know who you are in Australia. We always get great questions, and I do want to touch on that. But I also want to share with you what happened with um, my blog post. The the it's called the big shift, the next big shift, and the next big thing. So the last we had a major shift. You know, 1997, 99 to about 2000, and then we had another shift where the convergent flow of awakening started in 2005. 2009 began right relationship and right livelihood, right? 2011, a lot of people thought it was 2012. I was finally confirmed because I was reading something online and then did some advanced um, metaphysical, um, not training, but Talking, dialoguing, um, which confirmed that the, the shift was 2011. And that started the new emerging consciousness to start becoming more in the what we call astral field. And if you remember, we were clearing a lot. Of, we've still been clearing a lot astrally, which corresponds to emotions and relationships and relating patterns. And the new energy has been etheric. So it's been hanging above the gross energy field or denser energy field. It's been in the subtle energy. Uranus and Taurus brings it into the Earth plane. It brings it into our forms. You know, with Pluto and Capricorn, we've had a lot of change, you know, Saturn and Capricorn now with our structures. So we had a lot of issues with, you know, the banking industry, school system, corporations, the old boys system or network, however you want to call it, the Me Too movement, all that's coming. Now what will start being affected is what those systems have been holding in place or protecting money, stock market, the earth itself. And there will be, you know, earth changes. I think I've been sharing with you that I've been doing a lot of deeper meditation and working with the guides and the oversouls and really getting some amazing, some of you that have been doing my teleworkshops and apprenticing, you know, really been connecting in with the body and you've been learning how to be you know trust your intuition you know make that stronger become more psychic and channel so this has been my my focus you know my gift and my focus so as I'm writing the blog it was so interesting there might be typos let me know but I, I think I got all most of them anyway I'm going through spell check and it I like to spell earth plane all one word even though it's two words but I thought oh I'll I'll correct it. So in different places in the blog post, there was earth plane. And so I, you know, highlighted and then make the change, right? You guys know how you would do spell check and, you know, to to change the, um, the spelling. So I scroll down, I scroll down, and I hit earth plane, and it changes into earthquake. And I was like, that's strange. And it won't let me highlight it to change it back to earth plane and make this this the spelling correction. It keeps saying earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. That don't want to scare anybody. There's been a lot of earthquakes. Yes, we're due for a biggie. Um, you know, that's one of the changes. Again, converging flow, everything happening at once, breaking apart, separation, unity coming together, extending or excessive polarization, but also a lot of people are coming together. So, I thought that was odd, so I think I can't send this blog post out this way. But I now I can't find where that word was, where where it says earthquake. So I call my assistant Josie, who's also known me for years, and we're talking. And I said, I got to find this. So I find it, and I make the I make the change, and then I told Jen. Some of you know who, who Jen is and works with me and does inner work, but does all like the the. Um, Soul path happenings and um, the psychic forecast, the energetic forecast. It designed my blog or my yeah my blog website. Very talented. So I'm relaying the story, and she says, "Oh, do you feel an earthquake?" I said, "Ah, oh, I hate to tell you, because they live up north." I said, "I feel an earthquake in Northern California." I said, "I, I feel it, you know, pretty soon." Hang up the phone, and 20 minutes later, she calls me back and said there was just an earthquake in Oakland, 3.8. And I kept getting the number four. I said, well, four, and she said, that must mean something. And I said, well, I don't know. That four days, four minutes, four years, I don't know. So anyway, these kinds of things and why I share this is for us, you, you hear me keep sharing about the void and the opening and, and being more led by, you know, spirit and connected more to our soul. So our actions and the way we live is more fueled by our our. Our soul. The soul is. We're impassioned. Fuel the, the passion. The desire comes more from the soul, and to allow the space to receive what insight we need, what what direction we need. What are we needing to receive? Because remember, the ego is great, but it only knows what's already happened. Doesn't know how to, you know. It knows how to keep things going. It knows how to get in the car, drive the car, walk to the down the block. You know. It, it it's. It knows how to keep the status quo, right? That's the, that's the function, and to keep us safe. It's autopilot, right? But for new information, new insights, when you're shifting, when you're making big changes, the new, we don't yet know the new because we're always in that becoming. So the true essence of all of us is in the void, is in the, is in the possibility, is in the becoming. And it's only by residing in that place that we're truly connected to more consciously, our source energies the aspect of us that's connected to source energies it's all source it's all manifestation of the divine or the God or the all that is or the- you know the universe it's all manifestations different manifestations, different forms of the one and it's separated out by frequency by vibration, and that determines you know what we experience so it was so interesting today when that car hit me and we were going back and forth and I was letting everyone do their role, you know, and I was kind of just out of it and just like, okay, just be there, be in the space. Everyone had their suggestion. Everyone really wanted to help and be present. And at one point I just looked up at the sky and I said, well, it'll ha- God will know. It'll ha- Whatever needs to happen. And then I left, you know, and the security guard was there and he's like, my name is Lieutenant Lopez, you know, right? <laughs> let me, you know – um we never know why something is exact is happening. You know, there's there's all there's a reason that is always beyond us and how do we handle something, you know, that's um, the message I guess that I'm getting with that. And it's all part of the soul playground. It's all part of this play of consciousness. You know, it there is this play of consciousness that is taking place. And what is our role in it? What is our role? We don't know until we show up what it is. And I would say we're going to have much more experiences of the other dimensional, what seems to be other dimensional as the veils are lifting or dissolving. There's less veils. And you're really going to see it with, with the aspects, what is coming up with this major transition of Uranus going into Taurus. It's earth. It's the new emerging consciousness being earth, being grounded, being lived out. That means those higher impulses, those higher vibrational impulses, the more light is not only beaming down more or within the earth, on the earth, within the earth, within us, but we become a part of it. It becomes imbued. You know, This is why to embody this energy. It's about bringing it as much as we can into the body. Oh, let's see. Oh, volcano is erupting too. Okay. I didn't know that, Tamara. Crystal Bowles Gretin is saying, so residing in that place, the void, is that the same as staying centered in your presence? Well, it is the ultimate presence that we can never fully know, right? It's, it's the void of possibility. It's before the presence and after the presence and within the presence. We you, you know it when we have a great conversation and it's back and forth, back and forth, and then there's that space. We pause in meditation, in deep meditation, before you fall asleep, before you wake up. It's the becoming. That's the best way to put it. It's the becoming. What is in the void? What becomes? It's in the space of the becoming. And the presence is spirit, is our spiritual nature. We're all a presence in physical form and essence. And the presence, how the presence manifests is through the blueprint of our soul. The soul is the blueprint of how things manifest, right? It's our DNA and RNA. Yeah. Ooh, Crystal bowls, retina. Wow. Yes. You can feel it while I talk about it. Yes. Yes. That's it. It's what we can, we don't, we know through feeling. That's the whole thing. We know through feeling. We won't know, you know, even talking about it or intellectualizing about it helps to some degree, but we can never, you have to experience it. That's why in all my workshops or teleworkshops, I always bring in the question. (laughs) You know, I always bring in the question that we are the answer and bring in through the subtle energy to have people connect more to the subtle energy. That's the key connecting into that subtle energy that's where we feel our presence most that's where we feel our interconnection and that's where we feel that presence that we are we are that's very well put i like that thank you so much thank you sue that was beautiful all right so james i was going to touch if i have time i will touch on your question it was a brilliant question commentary and a question that um he wrote on my post about, my Soul Playground post, blog post on Facebook. Uh, he read the article, um, The Next Big Shift and The Next Big Thing, which I love. It is the next big shift and the next big thing. And we're all co-creating it. <laughs> That's the deal. That's what people will become more um cognizant and more aware of is that we are all co-creators within this and whether it's shadow material that is non-life enhancing or shadow material that's life enhancing and brings more healing awareness love light and empowerment we're the ones that ultimately changes individually and collectively and so there's deep empowerment Changing our thoughts changes our, our experience, changes our feelings. Our feelings change. You know, we have new awareness. So harnessing that change, that's what this is all about, is how do we harness this that is going on? Yes, that is how we do it. It's lots of And it's love. To know that love is the binding force. That, that is the binding force. It's the foundation, whether it's lack of it, lots of it, little of it, creating it experiencing it or expressing it, wanting it, yearning for it, or expressing it. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Oh, this is perfect. Brada, that's such a good question. Um, Sorry if this is from Liz. When we start awakening, we're supposed to be on a specific diet as well, like vegetarian or no meat. Um, Absolutely not. And thank you, Crystal Bowl's Gretna, Your body will tell you. Before people were even talking about awakening, I was already on a, I was, a, I was, ve- I was. think of, I think of, veg- okay, vegan and vegetarian for 27 years, 20 years. So part of that, I was vegan, I believe, for five or, I don't know, seven years, six years. The rest, I was vegetarian, then pescatarian. I did do raw foods, I think, for a couple of years. Now, your consciousness, doesn't. everything is alive. You know, one time I was telling this guy that's a very staunch vegan, and I said, it doesn't matter, that lettuce is, everything is consciousness, everything is alive, even the car, everything is consciousness. What seems to be material, it's infused with spirits. What we have materially is spirit into manifestation. I would say years ago when, you know, I started eating meat a bit, now I'm back to less of it to know of it, but every now and then, so... I love that. Your body will tell you. And it's, consciousness is an inside job. It's not what we do. It's how we do it. It's our thoughts. It's, if you're being nasty to people and judgmental and, you know, whatever, keying their car or if they're wearing fur and you're painting them with, you know, color you know, whatever, spray paint, or you're yelling at people and putting them down because they're eating meat, you don't know what people's dietary needs are. So there's balance in everything. You know, it's like saying, is alcohol bad? No, but if you have too much of it, you know, I mean, there are some things that are poisonous or more toxic and bad. Yes, we can get into that. But what I can tell you, it's going to be different for different people depending on your body, your blood type, where you are, what your body-mind system tells you, what your, um, I have met a lot of unhealthy, unlightened, unaware vegans vegetarians, pescatarians. I've met some that are very enlightened. I've met some very enlightened meat eaters, Tibetan masters, uh, teachers. Um, I've met some people, some spiritual teachers, big wigs, well-known that were so against meat and so against even having a drink, but were so nasty and uptight that they should have had a drink and maybe had a steak. So, yeah I hope that helps. Um, ooh, Tamara, I've been craving artichokes. Found out my thyroid level is low again, so need a change of medication. There you go. yeah, gotta trust the body. you know you, we I've been craving a lot of avocados, um, tuna of late. Yeah, eating a lot less. I will say one thing, as you do awaken more, there are cravings. you probably want, you probably will eat less food. And you'll eat more of what your body actually needs or craves, whatever that is. Is that two little slivers or slices of meat? Is that massive amount of vegetables or salad? Is it artichokes? Is it avocados? On my Soul Playground blog, if you Google, I do go into awakening, the sign, the symptoms, um, mental emotional symptoms, and and so, and I also talk about eleven eleven, twelve twelve, the synthesizing number. Um, so that has a lot of great information. It's an older post, I think, I but it's a really, really good one. It, it's very much in detail. Just remember, your soul's purpose is not what you do, but how you do it. It's the unique way that you do what you do. So being spiritual, being awake, living more awake, your awakening, consciousness is is the interconnectedness, the love, the compassion. It's love, light, wisdom. It's It's individual to each person of how you're awakening and in what way. Some people are doing it more spiritually focused. Some people are doing it more in the area of finance or empowerment or emotional healing and helping people. Some people are awakening in the media, maybe in the press. Some people are awakening politically. Some people are having their awakening through the environmental channels. Some people are having their awakening through changing the system of university or school system. I can. One thing I can share with you is as people awaken more, they want to do less harm, whether to themselves or others. They want to bring people together. They want to hear both sides. There's that presence that Crystal Bowles Gretna talked in the, the chat room. There's more of the presence that recognizes. I may not like you right now or I may not agree, but, okay, how can we work this out? How can we make this best for everyone? It's... It's the unifying principle that people are awakening to. So anything that has to do with over-separation, of course, separating out, being an individual, having individual rights, individuating, those kinds of things, having good boundaries, but not at the expense of yourself or others, finding the balance between the individual and the group, the other, seeing the other as ourselves. And that can be with animals, that's definitely with animals. It's with all life forms. With all life forms. Very cool. Let's get to callers. 214-490, you're on air. Hello. Oh, hi
2: Michelle. Thank you for what you do. You're awesome. Hi, good Hi, my you. name is Karen Love being I'm here. from Dallas.
0: Hi Karen. And I
2: apologize. <laughs> I can't hear you it's too well. I got to hold the phone up to my ear. Am I too loud? Okay.
1: No, you're good. You're good.
2: Good. Okay. Well, I am on my path, and I have been dragged, kicking and screaming, I promise you, for approximately 20 (laughs) years, and I am now in a place, I'm going to not cry, I am walking on the soul side Mm -hmm. of town, let's just put it that way, so
1: I'm being led,
2: and I'm being, yes, I'm being guided, I'm being led, I'm getting the messages, I've got the idea, I've got the plan, and my question for you, um if you can just use a little of your excellent psychic ability, Emma, uh, how long I'm on the path, I've got the idea, I've got the plan, I'm, I'm in, right there on the verge of putting it into uh, action, I'm battling a temporary illness. So my question is how long and, and the illness, is it going to go away? Is it going to go into remission? It's not cancer, nothing like that. It yeah. can, be, it can yeah. be taken care of. So okay. that's my question. First of all Just
1: go. August August things pick up a lot more for you. There's more clarity direction. You're in a two to three year cycle with what you're wanting to okay. draw in or manifest. So you're at okay. the ground floor, you're foundational. Okay. Um I would say there's healing gosh, um, you're do as we speak. But even December, December on. Uh huh.
2: Okay. Yeah. And it's healing there, there. at a
1: deep, yeah, and at, at a deep, at a deep level. Yeah, I keep getting time there. of Virgo, so there's some good, there's some good news at that time.
2: Time of Virgo.
1: Yeah. So I would say. Okay. Uh, well, it's the end of July to. Um, let's see. So I would
2: say probably the end of September.
1: Yeah, well, that's getting into Libra, but I'm feeling for you end of August, September.
2: Oh, my God, that's funny. I woke up the other day with this song in my head from July to the end of September. I'm sorry. Yeah, August to the end of September. Oh, I was right. Oh, my God, my angels are talking to me. They are. I get these tones. I get these tinkling sounds. I get these shifts in my soul. I can feel it in my body. Uh, my dreams are so very right on the money. Yes. I am interpreting them perfectly, and I'm oh, so I'm just beautiful. excited. Yeah, beautiful. And can you so tell me the name of my primary? Saw.
1: I'm sorry. So it corresponds with what what you were seeing, what you're feeling and seeing being shown.
2: Good. Will you tell
1: me the name it of sounds...
2: my primary angel that helps me the most, please? Raphael. <gasps> oh, well, right now, I, I didn't you, that. is
1: that what you thought as well? You knew that? Guess, oh my god, is.
2: I love it. Mm? Yes, yeah. confirmation.
1: It 100%. Yes. Okay, Thank there you, you. go. You were
2: so awesome. Oh, Anything else beautiful I think, You need to know. Let's see.
1: No, you've got it. You're on the path. You're you're getting the confirmations. You're confirming what I've been sharing with other people is that. You know, these veils, again, as they lift, dissolve, however you want to look at it, it brings us more into our true essence, and there's less filtering. There's less filters. It's Mm -hmm. more pure, Mm -hmm. more higher vibrational. So that's why we're getting the message more clear. That's why people's dream states are so active, or meditation, you know, because that's – think about it. That's the new way of – being and so and and so it's becoming more and more and more this way. All right, Karen. Oh, great to connect. Keep listening. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Mm-hmm. Take care. Hi nine one four four seven one. You're on air. Welcome. Hi. Can you hear me? Hello. I can. What's your Hello. first name? Hi Cynthia. Yeah, I'm here. What's your first name? Hi Cynthia. What's Cynthia. your question? Cynthia. So I wanted, Cynthia. Uh huh. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank you for taking my call, and your show was so great. You're welcome. Um, I wanted to thank see you. if you picked up anything um, from my husband that passed away seven months ago passed today. Passed on. Yes. So passed on. That's and, really um, on. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So if there was any messages that he had, or um, I had a message from him yesterday that
0: brought a lot of joy to me, and I'm just uh, Wondering if there's anything when else. When we're
1: in May, we're in May. We're in May. The May flowers, and there's purple, very small purple flowers that he's bringing me to, and he said, go out into the garden. I have a okay, gift for you. Okay. You love flowers. And there's something yes, you're going to find uh, underneath. You're cleaning up something, and there's a key there where you used to keep the key. You locked yourself out. He brought it back. And had you put the key, you're going to go look at the key. First get into the garden, spend time. You're going to feel his presence there. There's something that you're going to find. I don't know why it has sentimental value. It's a piece of metal. I don't know if it's a part of a key. It's either under a brick or rock a okay. stone, and you're, and you're moving it. And it's something that he put there, and he forgot that it was there. <laughs> so I, I have this feeling he did that quite a bit. He would put things away and forget where it was, and you would know where it was. Yes, um, yes he did. Right? Yes. Yes, yes. Um, exactly. I'd always find everything he lost. <laughs> you don't, You always found it for him. Yeah. So that's yes. going to happen again, and he's laughing and he's saying, "I like. Lo- I love it. It's, it's our little <laughs> joke." <laughs> oh, Cynthia, he's oh, amazing. Thank you. You're amazing. Oh, go out and enjoy the day be in the garden um okay yeah with him all right big hug to you thank you thank you michelle thank you so much you're welcome i love that see on the other side the couples he's saying you know i would lose it she would find it she would find it for me oh my gosh, gosh. okay such such beauty Search beauty. Okay, let's. I'm trying to get through because we got our guests coming in a bit. 925 575 five five seven five. You're on air. Hi,
3: Michelle. It's Angie. Hi, Angie. Welcome to the program. Hi. Thank you. Hi. I got on. Um, I have you a question you. here. I did watch your one of your videos, the part one of the card ones. Um. Oh, very cool. what was it? Yeah, it was good. It was good. I was drawn to the Moldavite one. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I just had a kind of an expanded question on that.
1: Okay, cool. Go ahead and ask. Yeah.
3: Um, so I recently kind of uh, reconnected with this guy I was seeing a few months ago. Um, his name's Randall. And I'm just curious if that's, if there's something going with that. Should I... Pursue it again, where how should I proceed? kinda of I I'm feel right changes
1: now. but why do I feel it's up and down between the two of you? I feel up and down or a lot of uncertainty.
0: Or you could connect yeah. and then
1: not connect. Is that what's going yeah. on? It seems very and you got the moldavite. That moldavite is it works on the emotional body, but it bring it tends to bring a lot of change,
3: disruption and change. Yeah. I mean it's it's never been like tumultuous. It was just more like I think we're both on the no. fence and we both kind of, yeah. I mean, I'm not per se on the yeah, fence. Yeah, I, I don't see do tumultuous.
1: It. I don't see that. I just see it's there and then it's not there. Inconsistent, maybe, is the word. Up down. Yeah. Let's, what's, the, what should, what's the relationship with Randall? Let's see what you should do. Um, I keep getting career stuff with you. Yeah. Keep it light. You can reach out to him, but I I still feel him on the fence. Does that
3: make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm not like thinking something is not. So. Well, yeah. Why is he on the?
1: I still keep getting on the on the fence. So you could hang out with him. You could be dating him, but I don't know. It's he still seems on the fence. Okay. That That's all right. Yeah. So I would say with you know, expect expect changes there. Expect changes and expect that
3: um, like he's coming back around. I don't or see like? him out.
1: I don't feel him out of your life. I think you're getting more ready to today. You're not there yet, but I feel like you're getting more ready for a um, you know what what are my metaphysical teachers would call a sacred one
3: on one. You know yeah, oh, yeah I I'm working you. on myself <laughs> yeah trying to prepare so myself for that it's, um, yeah
1: so it's 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 there it's coming it's not it's not far off okay. I feel he's kind of a little tickler he's, he's a little tickle 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 <laughs> okay. okay all right Angie thanks for calling in all right so much thank you <laughs> bye-bye where are we that was 925 Nine two nine four one three. Is that you, Angie? Hello? Hi hi, you're on air.
0: Hi, this is Rugi. How are you? What's your name? It's Rugi. R U G I Rugi.
1: Rugi. Hi, Rugi. Welcome.
0: Um, I am calling um in regards to I feel very stuck right now. Um okay. I just I'm not really understanding, and I I know that some of it's based out of fear and things that I'm holding on to, but I'm really trying to focus on where I should take my career path, and I feel like once I can decide that, maybe other things will come into alignment,
1: Yeah, here's what I feel is work on yourself and doing what you love, like even just little
0: activities
1: or hobbies. This is one of the things that I'm seeing with a lot of people right now, and I actually kind of went to it to somewhat of a degree, is that a lot of times when we're ready to make big changes, we won't know on an ego level. We're trying to do it in the way that we think is right or the right way. We're trying to plan it. And it Mm -hmm. has to come from inspiration and insight. It's the soul, what I call soul fuel, which is passion. We kind of stumble into it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel for you it's about somehow changing your routine to have more space, spend more time in nature, to have space where you can meditate, do some yoga or think. Maybe you go for a bike ride or swim. I don't know. But other activities, meet someone Mm -hmm. for a tea, a cappuccino, whatever. Because Mm -hmm. what... The idea, the inspiration comes when we're open to it, but we have to allow new people and new insider inspiration to come in. And I don't feel you're going to really know the direction that you want to go in until October, November, till the close of the year. So um, really, you know what I want to tell you, Rugi? You need hmm. to play more creative okay. play. Your inspiration, your insight, your aspiration is going to come from the new people that you're drawing in. That spirit through influences. So you're okay. not it's not what you're thinking. I can tell you whatever you're thinking about doing isn't it. You know, yeah, I would sort of how I
0: feel too like I have no not, idea yeah. what's on the other side.
1: No. No. It's a blank slate. Listen, I just went through a whole thing. I was doing all this TV, media. I was getting, you know, doing all this stuff again. And I was in a hole. Everything stopped. Now I did get this yesterday. I got a message from one of the producers of something and they said they may have an opportunity for me. I did three days of intense cleansing and clearing and going deeper into my Mm. meditation. I had this major Mm. heart opening tingling. And then I looked up and I was blank and I went, Michelle, you gotta admit it. You have no clue, no idea where yeah. you're going or what to do.
0: <laughs>
1: enjoy it, enjoy. Yeah, that's, and that's the other coming. thing
0: I yep. was wondering: should I be should I be proactive order of it, or should I be no, enjoying no, it and it, like thank no. you and just enjoying thanking it. the universe thank for this opportunity? Yeah,
1: that's finally yes, because it's the higher self is sneaky. God is sneaky. The universe is sneaky. That part of us is sneaky. I went on to try to get insights by going on the pick a card. I got so in- loving the pick a card that then I started doing it because I've been reading Carol mm-hmm. for 30 years. So I'm like, oh, I, this is fun. And numerology, da, 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 da. All these people now, insights are coming in. New people, new insights. It's fun for me. I would have never done this. So, yes, anybody that's listening to this right now, play. Play. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, but you got to, ch- this is all our lesson for more trust. Trusting okay. what is beyond our ego rationale. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yes, enjoy it and be grateful. That's what I'm doing. Seems be to be grateful. working so far. So okay. until it doesn't work, so you, until you get the message of something else.
0: Okay. Thank you so six much. It, it,
1: six you're months.
0: welcome, sweetie. Yeah. All right. good to hear Have from a good you. day. Bye. Yes. Thank, you, thank you, you for what you, you do. Love, love. Thank you. Lots of love.
1: Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so. It's time for our second half of the program, as I mentioned earlier, but those of you that may be joining us now, um, we do have coming on air, Bernie Taylor, author of Before Orion, Finding the Face of the Hero, and we're going to be talking about the hero's journey, um, which is the core of stories worldwide, which is so true, amazing archetypal energy, Um, especially grounded with indigenous people, the ancients, as well as our own modern society. Before Orion, finding the face of the hero, explores a deeper root for this. Wonderful. Want to welcome to the program. Hello, Bernie. Welcome to the program.
4: Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me on today.
1: Yes, great to connect. So, um, okay, I always like to ask, I want to ask, you know, basically your first awakening or your major awakening and what brought you to do this type of work
4: well brought me to do this type of work was a previous book and it was about bio, biological clocks it was very scientific oriented but during the process of okay. doing this work this current book before Orion I had my awakening so it was part of it was mm-hmm. part of my own journey and um and your okay. in your program you you use words such as astrology and intuition sharing of stories in the universe. These things go back archetype more than at least thirty four thousand years ago, and that's what I mm. found in the caves.
1: Now, what I want to ask you, I want to dive into this because I do uh, tarot. Everything is based, I believe, on archetypal energy, and we act this out. We go through these initiations or passages. <laughs> And what is your thought of, because I feel the archetypes that are, you know, instilled or embedded within their collective, you know, individual and collective unconscious, you know, and they manifest in different forms. What is your thought of archetypal imagery? Is it, is it changing or is how we view it or the representation? What's your thought of that? Does it get updated or do some archetypes become less important? Or is it just how we see them or integrate them differently? Maybe is it an update rather than archetypes change?
4: Good question. I was at um, University of Hawaii last week at the Institute for Astronomy giving a lecture on the earliest astronomers. And an astronomer at the end of that presentation asked me the exact same question.
3: Mm. Um, so
4: we're,
1: we're all A bit of a science background. Answers. I like that. It, yes, we're all we are, the same Ryan. answers.
4: And uh, so, so this is how. First of all, I can hear that you're a Jungian, okay? I hear, I hear a lot yes, of the tones, I the, yes. and so we're on the same page there. Um, I go to Oregon, friends of Jung, and I believe that everybody, all Jungians, are are, are friends. Um, so yeah, this is how I look at it, and based on my work and going back, because Jung was looking at as far back as the ancient Egyptians, and psychologists Jungians today look mm-hmm. to Gilgamesh, the stir of Gilgamesh, which is about forty. Forty-four, forty-five thousand years, 4,500 4, years ago. Um, so now I push this back tens of thousands of years before that.
0: Yeah, and Orion. what do I see?
4: Before riots. what do I see? Um, so the themes that I see are of animals with human personalities or animals with feelings. So we have, a, there's an image of a giraffe, a mother giraffe with a, with a young wrapping her neck around. Um, the mothers uh, in a protective mode, and there's, a, there's an Iberian lynx with the the kitten pusha up against the chin and the rough. We're looking at empathetic scenes. Um, we're looking at a mm. connectedness between people and the natural world. Okay. Now that now this okay. ties into your question of the archetypes. Okay. Um, I live I live in Portland, Oregon. We have a wonderful zoo called the Oregon Zoo, and there's a big cat um, um, area. Lions And there's a, there's a large older male lion, a, um, a bunch of female lions, and a younger male lion. And whenever I go there, the male lion is always at the top of the heap. The females are just mm-hmm. under him. And then the young, the young male is below them. Um, now, these lions have never lived in the wild. How do they know to do that? And we say that's interesting. Yeah. But I would actually say they're, they're archetypal characters within the lion's. The, lion, the females, lionesses, recognize the male lion as the dominant character. Um, he's like the hero of okay. stories, um, and he recognizes them as the supporting as supporting females. So in lion culture, they have their own archetypes. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and so lions don't tell each other from one generation to the next. And of course, this isn't a zoo, therefore it has no significance for um, in the wild for survival. So animals. Um, have these archetypes? Um, they, um, Churchill had a joke. He said that dogs look up, look, look up to us. Cats look down on us, and pigs they treat us as equals. Um, and uh, you know, cats kind of do look wow. down on us. Um, and yeah, they, um,
2: yeah.
4: they look. And you know, we're we're, all, we're at that beck and call where the dogs are always there to support us. Um, And the pigs, they just look us straight in the eyes. Um, Very smart beings. So I believe the archetypes are within us. They go back to pre-human days, that they actually are within the animals themselves, and the animals we call them instincts. And so the lion probably hasn't changed in 34,000 years or hundreds of thousands of years, if not millions of lions have been around that long. Um, and you still have the, the, the lion, at the, the, the male at the top, and the females around him. And, and one of the Paleolithic images that I worked on 34,000 years ago, we have that exact scene. We have a, a big lion with a mane at the top of the heap, um, the top of the cave, and there's a female coming up to lick him. So she's, she's greeting him, licking his food, waking up in the morning, something like that. So these archetypal wow. characters are within us from, a deepest, from the deepest time. And so your question is, do they evolve and do they change? Um, I don't, don't think so.
0: <laughs> okay.
4: Ah, okay. I'm, all, I, I'm seeing stories. I'm seeing the same stories yeah. from 34,000 years ago that we still tell, tell today. Um, and here's, here's an example. Let's say, you're walk, let's say I'm walking through the mall, and I see a, a man snatch a bag from a woman, and she squeals in distress. So she's the damsel in distress, right? Um, And the man is the villain, the one who steals it. And then I have the potential to become the hero. But I put myself at risk to do that, and I give myself to become that hero. Well, that fundamental story is told in the Paleolithic images from 34,000 years ago, but it's not a person. There's a hero, and he goes on a journey. He travels from um, Spain, what is now Spain, to Africa. He swims across the Strait of Gibraltar. He climbs a mountain, and he holds a big stick. And he, he is Orion. And by his side is a female who's in dis- utterly distressed. You can, see, you can see the picture and the image. So the question is, do we carry, do these archetypes evolve? What do you think, based on what I just told you?
1: Well, here's what I have thought, and that's why I asked you. I, I agree with you. I don't think they, they change. I think we have the same ones. But what I'm wondering is, do maybe it's, do we update them or do our perception of here here's an example like the the um, pope or pope or papus in the tarot you know number 5 then becomes the hierophant or the emperor now the emperor can also be a woman where when that was archetypal image the emperor was always a man you know guarding the kingdom so what do we do, in, right, and updating when we have different, maybe different expressions of people, or let's keep it simple, like more women maybe are working or have their own business. Would they be tying into those archetypal energies then? You know, of the... Good the, question. You know, what would be... Right, which would be characteristically more male, I guess. Same with the hero. I guess you could say it with the hero as well, right?
4: Correct. So really it really comes down to how far back in time are matriarchal societies where the women were um, in charge of the home, which then drove the greater society, right? So is there a big difference between a – so if a woman becomes a director of nursing or a head of a hospital or something like that versus a nurse, um, she has assumed a matriarchal archetypal image. That Mm -hmm. image goes back to these earliest caves. There's a, there's a story um, in this cave, it's called um, it's El Castillo Cave, Gallery of Discs, and it's in my book, and you, you can go online um, to my webpage, dot com, see lots of the images. There is a an older woman, who's clearly older, relative to this younger woman, and the younger woman's in, in distress, um, and the older woman has this, jo- this jovial um, atmosphere about her. The Tuareg of the Sahara had been to this cave, and they took back a story to, the, um, to Africa about a woman, an older woman who negotiates on behalf of the younger woman to the hero and that she's the older woman is in control so she's the matriarchal okay. character that we still have today so when women become they, they move or transition from the damsel archetype, damsel in distress mm. to the matriarchal character archetype it's a natural, um, rev- it's a natural uh, change versus a revolution in thought.
1: Okay, okay. Okay. So it's cyclical. It's organic. It would naturally happen by by growth, is what you're saying.
4: It naturally happens by growth. Happen. About t- about twenty years ago, I gave presentations to the the tribes in the Columbia Basin, many of them, and I would, most around the table are mostly men. The tribal councils and cultural councils and so on. And someone later said to me that the decisions weren't made there. The men went home and spoke to their wives and in the kitchens. And then the kitchens they had community kitchens for, for, for um ceremonies. And the women discussed what they thought would be valid and they should move forward on. And then they told Okay. The men went to really scared the women told you you brought up things about their past that they didn't know um, and they made the decision that they really weren't ready for this and I'm like well then why then did I go to the tribal, tribal council
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> exactly. so, so,
4: so in the background in the background these archetypal characters exist they're within us we will never escape uh, the matriarchal um, character there are there are matriarchs among the lions um, there's always a, always a lead lioness, so, and there's, there's always the, the and in the lion lions in the wild the lioness is actually do all the hunting, um, and he sits back and protects the the, the turf, the the, mm-hmm. the dominant male. So do we evolve, or we just um, do women themselves come to a realization that they can become a matriarchal character outside of the home, which they already have been
0: yeah. to go
4: into a larger right, stage. Okay. And um, So in the journey, in this story, uh, in this El Castillo gallery Disc, the man makes the journey. The man makes this shamanic transformation. He, he um, becomes an avianoid. He transforms into an eagle, um, and he travels across the land and, and the sea to go to Africa, where, he's, where he's, he meets, encounters the, the older and the younger woman. So he, he the man take the, in, in our stories, the man takes this archetypal journey, but today, of course, we see Moana takes the ju- same journey in the Disney movie. so we can substitute the man and the female as the hero, the heroine they 're both they can both okay. be her- hero archetypes, but we can substitute the man to be the ma- matriarchal character um, because the matriarchal character is one that 's um, managing this. This, the intuition, the feeling group, the this, this sensing people within the society—it um, right. comes from a different place than the engineers and the thought and the, um, um, the aggression in society, which is right.
1: So, would you say the, that's characteristically feminine? Then, it characteristically comes to the feminine.
4: I would, I would, I would say that, and I believe Jung would agree with that. But remember that statistically, mm-hmm. maybe. You know this works eighty percent of the time, and twenty percent of the time, is people are kind of in the middle, because um, everybody okay. doesn't fall to one side or the other. So it's the, the matriarchal character is a feminine character, um, and the other mm-hmm. women relate to her. You, if you went out to tea with a bunch of your your female friends, they probably wouldn't accept me as a female matriarchal character. <laughs> it's yeah. not who I am. <laughs>
1: Okay. That's very true. It's, it's very different it, and we should yeah, celebrate those differences.
4: <laughs> yeah, it it just it is it isn't what it is. It isn't so. Um so these characters yeah. are within us. Um and they go back to okay. a distant time. So I'm I have images of these stories that thirty four thousand years ago that are highly detailed. And they're they're also mm-hmm. the what's really interesting ties into your work is that all of the, most of these characters on the, that are shown on land are actually reflected in the stars. So our hero starts as the, as the constellation Hercules in the north. And as he travels down, he encounters a horse, which is actually an eagle, which is a gear, Then he encounters the horse, which is um, pegasus. Um, dolphins, which are Pisces.
2: Um,
4: then he encounters C- a seal, which is Cetus. And then he finally he gets to the far Ooh. south and becomes Orion. So, you have to, so that the hero tr- transitions oh. through the night, the, through the earth, in the night sky at the mm-hmm. same time, and his he starts with um, European animals, this this Iberian lynx, and he ends at the bottom with the giraffe. And so, all in the politic mind, um, what is above as above, so below, which is in Hermetic tradition. That's the source.
1: Yes, of Hermetic philosophy. Okay. So now, Veloc- let me ask you, Bernie. It sounds like everything is a progression to maybe being Earth, if it starts more in the stars. And, of course, you're doing which I want to find out what's before Orion, because that looks like that's really far. I mean, what is before Orion?
4: So before Orion is the title – before Orion, finding the face of the hero. And the the face of the hero is ultimately Mm -hmm. the reader as they finish the book, because they they come to realizations about themselves that they they had not formerly – Recognize. Before Orion is a metaphor for meaning before the Greeks. So I'm telling a story, a history, and myths mm-hmm. that are tens of thousands okay. of years before the Greek, the Greek myths that came to us. And I tell you, those Greek myths are actually copied from these palaeolithic images. Um, and so we have the same ah, characters, okay. Pegasus, Aegea, Hercules, Orion, um, Pisces, and Leo. Of course, the lion I mentioned earlier, Leo. Right, um, is Leo. And it's Ursa Major, the mayor. So they came from
1: they were, the stars they, originally.
4: They came from the stars. So, so they, they, what happened oh, was they yeah. were on the, these were animals that were on the land. And then they found it, they patterned or projected their psyche of those animals into the stars where they found them. So when they navigated, they used both the, the, the animals on the land and sea as well as the stars in the sky. So mm-hmm. the earth and sky became, were one for them. They were not sep. They were not separate entities.
1: Okay. Now, one thing I have two parter here. One would be, it, it sounds like, which I we are these patterns of expression but we've come from these patterns, which is archetypes. And then for our listeners, how would you explain these patterns or archetypes?
4: So I see. I would substitute the word instinct for archetype and I would call them symbols. Okay. Okay. And so we have, Symbol. we have okay. this idea early mentioned of that. I became the hero when I reacted to, to um, save the, the damsel in distress in the mall um, mm-hmm. who had patched uh, her purse snatched by the villain. Well, that villain could be the dragon could be Darth Vader. Um, it could be, um, you know, any, any one of the, the evil things that are, are out there in the world. Um, and of course that that um that villain is also we have a little bit of that uh, that in ourselves as much as we don't within want to admit us. it. Um and so it it's some bit of a reflection of ourselves. So the archetypes <laughs> are characters that are within our instinct. And when the archetype is encountered, the story is a vote. So I can throw out the of course the villain the hero the damsel in distress you pretty much know that. the way it's going to go. You know the way the story is going to go. Right. Hollywood. So it's, beyond, it's in,
1: So what you're saying is instinctual, then, within us. It's a way that we're going to respond by this template or blueprint. Symbolically, it's, a, it's,
4: ins- it's a- exactly. It's instinctual. It's carried within our DNA. If I if I ah. saw an angry wombat and I couldn't even tell what a wombat looks like, but I saw an angry wombat come walking down the street, I could probably tell that it was angry versus happy. So there's something inside Mm -hmm. of me that can identify with an animal I've never seen, whether or not it's happy or, or, um, or out to get me. Um, and Mm -hmm. Wombat's actually little animals and they're not probably out to get me, but you get the idea. So there's something, inside. it's part of our survival mechanism that we can tell people that are happy and sad and, um, people who are forthcoming and reserved, we can, te- we can instinctually pick up all these cues, all these Myers-Briggs types from other peoples. Mm-hmm. We may not be able to um, express them because they're in our, our um, collective unconscious. It was Jung that brought these, these, archety- these um, personality types forward so we could then understand them. Before then, people didn't really think about these things. Um, so now you're in, my guess is you're an intuitive. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, uh, myself as well, so the the archetypes are are um, their instinctual characters are symbols within us and there's they're not just um, human forms or animals they can be there's the archetypal mountain the cosmic mountain the river of transformation
0: oh, um,
4: right. these are all archetypal ar- ar- archetypal places and uh, you know people they position houses to look at a mountain we climb mountains. Um, we talk about mountains all the time. We put them in the movies. If you're, going to, if you're going to go to a painting class, probably one of the first few things you're going to paint is a mountain. In, pro, in front in the of gonna be a river. <laughs> right. You remember, remember Close Encounters? And then the whole they, river of they, life, right? The
1: river, the of, river of life. The river of life,
4: exactly. The archetypal river of life and the archetypal paradise. Around the world, people tell about an original place of paradise. And that's an archetypal place. And that goes back to these images in the Pelothic Caves. They're there as well. The mountains there. The transformor- transformative body of water, and so on. Um, it's mm. it's all there. We can't escape for it. It's almost as, as if we're we're um, we're on on the, on the stage, and this the scenes keep changing. You know, we go from you know mm. to um, you know farmers to industrialists. The, 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 but the characters stay the same.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the sets so we're still change.
4: playing it out,
1: change. but the sets or costumes or the sets change. It almost reminds me of the movies. The storyline—I mean, how many storylines can you come up with? They're—they're—you they're, know—storylines off of storylines off of storylines, but there's a common thread or theme throughout. The stranger entered the room,
4: that... or the person went on a journey.
1: Yeah, got a question all... for you, Bernie, in the chat. How does this help us? how can this help us in our everyday living? How can we use this? Another one is, how can this help us today? Another one is, how can this help empower us? Good questions.
4: Good questions. Okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to step back into that cave again. And in that cave, there is,
1: okay.
4: it, it's about 10 meters, about 30 foot across, and it streams red discs. And that, that some bit of that image is on your webpage as well as mine. Streams these red discs, about 80 or 90 in all. And when, people, when the apprentice walks into the cave, he looked at the red discs, and he, he couldn't see anything else because he's mesmerized by the red discs. But behind those red discs, we have the two heroes, the Hercules and Orion. We have the we have elephants, we have the draft, we have this woman. Millions of people um, had seen that image and didn't see beyond the red discs. Millions, mm. um, In all the all the major scientific journals, um, Smithsonian, everybody had published this image. It's still on their web pages. But they didn't see the beyond the red discs, so it's about seeing the forest through the trees. Okay, it's looking beyond what da- what's glittering in front of us, what, um, what what we're hypnotized by, to see, you know, what's greater and um, what is more that's out there. So that, how does that help us in our, in our daily life? Well, if we if we worry about what's happening tomorrow by some major event, and we don't enjoy the moment right now, to, you know, listening to you um, at this moment that you and I are sharing, we're, mm-hmm. we're still absorbed in those red discs. Um, but yeah. you and I were exploring all these different dimensions of life that go back for tens of thousands of years, and we're, we're in a moment. Um, and that was the moment that you had to go in, in those caves. You had to... Push back those red discs. You had to go beyond them to see the elf in the room, the forest, the trees. Millions and millions of people never got past those red discs because they were absorbed by what was mm-hmm. dazzling in front of them. They were counting the numbers. They actually, archaeologists counted every counted every one of those red discs. When they figured tells, out how each one was. When made. they
1: when they connect, because to me, as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, this this is also about the magic of light, the mystery. Does this book help people perhaps get past the the discs to see that there is more?
4: The reader the reader will cry within the first chapter. <laughs>
2: mm. Mm. Yeah,
4: the, the reader will, and the, the the reader will be in absolute tears and on their knees by the end of the book. And the book is told as both nonfiction and fiction. It starts off with fiction mm-hmm. as the apprentice enters the cave with the, with the teacher and uh, the shamanic teacher. And as I go through it, actually, there are lessons about um, the animals and the stars and everything else, and it ends that the apprentice goes back to the goes back on the journey. So through this, one would learn a lot about themselves, just as if you read an Eckhart Tolle book, or Young's um, mm-hmm. a little more difficult to read, but Young um, as well. It's it's a journey into ourselves, and it's a tearjerker. What
1: are the- yeah, one of the things, um, I want to go back to the touch on that you were saying that about, this, about the symbols, that these are symbols, you know, and someone in the chat said it's like putting puzzle pieces together. Is right. that part of life? Is that in, on some level what we're meant to be doing is, is looking at these symbols? Or are we living from these symbols? And perhaps as it comes to the pieces come together in, in our lives?
4: I believe that this panel, this this panel of discs, a gallery of discs, was intended as a test, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. And so the goal is to pass these tests, to learn about ourselves, um, and by putting together Mm -hmm. these symbols, by recognizing what's beyond there. So the answer is Mm -hmm. yes, and the test goes back to a very early time. So your, your listeners came to listen to your program today. They didn't because they wanted to complain about the president or something else. They came on your program today to learn about themselves through others. So Mm. your 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 listeners themselves came on this journey are are on this journey with us. We're we're all in the same cave right now, um, and we're exploring ideas that are at the very basis of our being. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's putting together the symbols. The symbols. Now, Mm -hmm. speak of symbols. This cave. There's always the cave. The Himalayas. You know, One of my yeah. teachers, Gurmay, used to say you don't always have to go to the, the, and be in the Himalayas to integrate your spirituality. You can do it, you know, in everyday living or, you know, in the city or whatever. But there is this theme of the – you've mentioned a couple of times – there is this theme of going off somewhere or going in the cave or us being in the cave. What is that and how important is that for those – on, let's say, a more conscious path or spiritual path, however you want to term that.
4: Good. I'm going to explain that through a story, a dream that Jung had. Okay. Um, early okay. in Jung's life, Swiss, Swiss-like when I Jung, he he's having a dream, and in his dream he walks into an old house. And as he walks down the hallway, the plaster comes off the wall. And he starts to recognize that it's not the plaster from this old house, but rather it was the plaster from ancient Greece or Rome. So he's going back in time. As he continues down this hallway, he ends up in a cave. Um, and in this cave, he comes to realize that he's traveled through time itself in, in his mind and that the, the cave is, is the, the, be- the beginning of our journey. Young leaves wakes up, wakes up and he starts looking through the mythological literature and he sees this transition from um, the distant past to the present. And he comes up with this, this concept, the monomyth, that um, J- Joseph Campbell continues to work on. And so the, the cave is, is our mind. Um, it's, it's the deepest recesses of our collective unconscious. It's where we go to find the answers. Um, so our minds are all these cave, are all caves, and we can go in them, just okay. as Jung did, to find the answers about ourselves. When we come out, we don't have all the answers. We have to then piece them together. And on this program right now, you've got a few um, listeners who are just like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm just like brain overloaded. That's a good thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in the, good following
4: thing. Hour, in the following hours, hours, your listeners will reflect on some of the concepts, and they're like, oh, my God, that's what it is. And not just the concept that we talked about today, but how those concepts relate to their own lives, about seeing the forest, the trees, and looking beyond the red disks, how the earth and sky become one, how people 34,000 years ago were empathetic and saw animals as beings, and how these ma- these characters, <laughs> these archetypes—the the matriarch, the damsel in distress, the hero—and others are within us, and we live them in our daily lives. You're going mm. to even get some some messages on your board in about three or four hours. Like, oh my god, now I got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's good. To, so that's good. So we don't always get it right away. It has to gestate to some degree is what you're saying in our own inner cave. It gestates cave.
4: in that cave. And, it, it gestates okay. in that cave in our mind.
1: Wow. Now is this, is the cave also, would that be the subconscious, or is we getting into the cave through our subconscious?
4: The cave would be our subconscious. And we have this okay. cave metaphor used so many times. Jesus There's two stories of Jesus Christ being born. One is in the manger, the other is in the cave. Um, the biblical um, uh, okay. Abraham was born in a cave. Um, Muhammad was met by the angel Gabriel in a in a cave. Um, there's different. That's an Abrahamic tradition. Some of these I've mixed up Abrahamic and um, Christian. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many. Um, Hercules travels into the underworld and through a cave, um, and he, so he's traveling to his into his own psyche. And he's meeting the heroes mm-hmm. and the demons and the monsters that exist in there. Um, so the cave is within our own mind, our own psyche. It's this collective unconscious that we, we, can, we can pick up pieces of. And we can't, we, when we come out of the cave, right. we can't express what we've actually seen. We, so we tell them through stories. We tell them through the story of Hercules or of Luke Skywalker, the, the hero, yeah. who travels across the sky to come face with Darth Vader, his father. Um, and when he lobs, he fights with Darth Vader in the cave, his first fight. And when he and Yoda says to him, Luke says to, asks Yoda, "What do I need to bring?" And Yoda says, "The only thing that you you need you, you you'll find there is yourself." Um, so he fights with Darth wow. Vader, and he lobs off Darth Vader's head, and he finds that it's re- Darth Vader's helmet with is the head of Luke Skywalker. He's fighting with himself, his inner demons. Um, so these when we. Ch- we, we express, express our collective unconscious, these deep stories within us, the stories we tell of children through what we watch on the right. big screen and the, the daily soap operas. And, uh, you, know, you know, at the soccer games, and the, the parents are all squabbling each other, um, and they're, they're expressing their fears and their doubts about themselves, you know, into their kids. Um, right. it's, it's just who we are.
1: Uh, we, have Bernie, we have another question. We have it. No, not really. I know one of my teachers, and I'm like, oh, we're changing. She said, no, if you look, it's playing the same thing over and over, just differently. So you're kind of confirming <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> got a
0: question here <laughs> from Sue. Uh,
1: now, the more I remember some of my past lives, the more I find who I truly am and why I do things. When I visit a past life, it's always through a cave. Is this the same thing? And it's usually months later that I get an aha about this journey. Interesting. And she's always going through Great. a cave.
4: Interesting question, Sue. Wow. Okay. Um, so I'm not a psychoanalyst, and I can't analyze your dreams. And um, But I can see that when people, when they leave this, this conversation today, the sharing that we have, there will be people who think about these archetypal stories with themselves and they will consider them as past lives, um, and that uh, the, you know, yes. the, they'll all—all all these stories that were told from our distant past are still within us, and mm-hmm. we keep—we keep reliving them um, as we would if we had—if we actually had. I can't say we had a past life or not, but I can say that we are reliving the stories from past lives. So, were yeah. we in that past? Was our collective unconscious was absolutely in, we'll in there? Camp- was there, and that carries us forth. Do some people have a greater ability to tap into that? I would say absolutely yes. Um, you, you know, your engineer is not likely to get you know go deep into that place, um,
0: mm-hmm. but
4: um, people with more intuitive oriented, um, more, more sensing oriented, sensing oriented might be able to tap in a little more more so. But we definitely mm-hmm. tap into these stories and we relive our past um it's it's and that's okay because that's how we survive because these are stories that help us help us to live with each other, how to understand each other, um how mm-hmm. we learn to live among the great beasts without having them eat up eat us up before we had the ability mm-hmm. to protect ourselves um, these are survival right. burning
1: right now, on the lines of survival, would this be why sometimes let's say you're traveling and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this. I know I have, and I'm sure a lot of listeners have where you meet people it like, could be in a very remote area or a smaller town, but we communicate somehow, even if we don't know the language, I've been places where I didn't know, you know, anything, you know, Adi got That was about it. And there was no reading. <laughs> there was no reading sure. anything because, you know, but somehow there's a communication of what we need. Or like you said earlier that, you know, I come in peace you know, I'm a tourist, I'm not doing you harm. Is that, that's read subconsciously, but is that read by, by, let's say, the pattern of how we're reacting or communicating by what we're doing? Is that part of what's read?
4: So, Michelle, I've seen your smile. I've seen the picture of you smiling. So I can imagine you walk into an environment smiling and they just light up and say, can they take your picture with you? Okay. Um, So the, we, we, just like the, you know, my, my analogy of the, of the angry wombat, um, well, there's probably a happy right. wombat, too, that could walk down the street, and I could rec- we could recognize them. We wouldn't even think that's an angry mm-hmm. or, or, or happy wombat. We just get it. Because, and that's the same way if we go mm-hmm. into a, foreign, a, a place that is not of our environment. A smile is a smile everywhere, and a frown is a frown everywhere. Um, and people express themselves with their hands um, we open our hands to, to welcome. Mm-hmm. We um, we close close them to pray. We put our hands right. um, in our mouth to eat. Uh, so we also in this book I explore mm-hmm. gesture language back to that earlier time. time that's as what well. I've
1: been thinking about the gesture language. So do you feel yeah. that that's passed on as well? That's part of the archetypal. Image. It's passed on.
4: Yes, because yeah, it's good. yeah it's absolutely is. So the question I hadn't really thought of it as an archetypal. Characters before versus our the anatomy of humans and the animals that were represented. Um, okay. So within these images, I actually, I, there's lots of hand stencils, positive and negative, and I interpreted many of those as being um, animals. And um, you know, it's 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 in the book. So that, so we can express. Let me all, ask
1: you really quickly: is that is that intuitive or is that instinctual or is intuitive and instinctual? really kind of from the same, you know, coin, different sides of the same coin, or is it the same?
4: People around the world fundamentally have the same gestures. Okay. And so it's part of our anatomy. We put our our um, eyes, our hands, our eyes to cry. And I'm going to give you an, an, an example. Um, there was a chimpanzee, a NASA chimpanzee, that had learned American Sign Language, Hundreds of hundreds of gestures. And this chimpanzee had a keeper or, or a trainer that was pregnant, went off to maternity leave, comes back a few, a few, a few weeks later, and her baby had died. So she expresses through her hand gestures to this chimpanzee that her baby had died. Chimpanzees can't cry. They, they, they don't have the tear ducts. So this chimpanzee okay. put its, its finger to the eye to express a tear. Okay. No one mm-hmm. taught that chimpanzee wow. to do that. Okay, right. So the chimpanzee could not only recognize the sorrow of the of her um of her trainer and the loss, but could express it in a new and different way. And we so think about we we ultimately come from chimpanzees down the road. um I mean, it's pretty far mm-hmm. down the road, but we come from there. If the chimpanzee can do that, why can't we do that? Why couldn't we have just carried it on? And that's why we we have fundamentally the same gestures around the world. It's part of our anatomy. It's part of our human emotions. And it's carried within us that we can express sorrow Is part of that, that instinctual archetypal abilities within us. Mm-hmm. Do you weren't ready are for all this, Michelle, are you? Oh, I love this. Oh,
1: no, I love this. I mean, heaven, this is amazing. Heaven on earth. Um, Bernie, do you feel think and feel that this is are we in our awakening oh my god we've only got 10 seconds i have to have you back if possible do you think that we're going back to being more instinctual and intuitive do you think that that's becoming stronger in our collective unconscious or is it going to be i believe that's the the current
4: movement i believe that's the current movement within us to recognize us but i believe that it's that these Searching for personal awareness went back 34,000 years as part of that hero's journey.
1: So it's always been a part of the journey. There's always been a it's always been part that, of: it. that's had this – interesting. It's always
2: yeah.
1: fascinating. When you went back through to 40,000 years, um, yeah. fascinating. All right, everyone. And the book is Before Orion, Finding the Face of the Hero – and um you can find more information before orion.com and is it all places all books amazon barnes and noble it's an ebook is the-
4: it's an ebook in it's all e-book. formats oh, that okay. there is an ebook and that's okay. cuz it's it has h- it's all over 100 color images um, it would be a very expensive oh, beautiful. print
1: beautiful oh so everybody oh, I love around e-book.
4: the world can kidding? access it
1: yeah great so where would they find the ebook then
4: oh amazon um Amazon Kindle, okay. I, so, iTunes, iTunes, Barnes and Noble, Nook, um, Kubo. Everybody that sells an ebook has this. Has this. Perfect. Around the world.
1: Uh, wow. Okay, Denise said that was a rich, deep combo that I and I needed the clarity part at the end. Wow, beautiful. Okay, thanks, Denise from Australia, listening from Australia. Thank you, Bernie, for being here. This has been just a magical conversation. I feel like I've learned a lot. I know our listeners have. And the book sounds fantastic. I think at this point in our life where we are, you know, and some major shifting to be able to look b- below the surface to where is this coming from, you know, I think it is a big plus point now. So thank you for coming on and sharing.
4: Thank you, Michelle.
1: Take good care. It- All right, wow, sounds amazing. Okay, that was Bernie Taylor, and the book is Before Orion, Finding the Face of the Hero. I mean, to go back that far, to see the same archetypes playing over, fascinating. Uh, You can find out more information about Bernie Taylor by going to beforeorion.com as well. Um, Anything, awakenings, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, email questions that you would like, dream interpretations that you want, dream reentry that you can email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. want to find out information about the, that's the yeah, Saturday, May 26th workshop is uh go to full playground about life. All right, everyone, this has been amazing. Thanks for co-creating this with me. Until next time, always continue to shine your light, share your insight, and, of course, keep awake. All about the awakening.
0: Awakenings broadcasts every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows are available on iTunes. For continued awakening conversation and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook and visit Michelle's blog at Soul Insights for Spirit That's Soul Insights, the number four, Spirit Led Keep awake.